Hello, welcome to Agents of Sigmar. Just two dads trying to rekindle our childhoods in gaming in the best way we know how, with bad jokes and fun games. Join us in our journey as we talk about tabletop games, board games and card games, all through the eyes of a casual and time-starved parent player. If you enjoy this podcast, please do check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you really appreciate our work, do visit Patreon to support us further. You'll find links to all these in the show notes. Wherever you find our content, please do like, subscribe, retweet, ring those bells and leave us those five-star reviews. We do so crave your approval. With all that begging out of the way, let's crash on. Hello, AOS fans. Hello, everybody. It's the Agents of Sigma. Here we are tonight, and welcome to uh, our podcast listeners. Uh, when we're recording this, it is Tuesday the 3rd of May. Is it the 3rd of May today? Tuesday, 3rd of May. Is it the 2nd of May? The 3rd of May. Uh, and uh, so we're recording this podcast. is our hopefully our first official live podcast. So welcome if you're listening to us for the first time on a podcast. Hello and welcome. Pete's waving, but of course you can't see him. Hello. Um, we did record a, a, a episode one two weeks ago, but the sound was awful. So that is available on SoundCloud should you want it. Otherwise, this is the first official official uh, bi-weekly or every two-week podcast on Ages of Sigma, where we will talk about all sorts of rubbish, really. Um, that's not really a great advert, is it? But uh, <laughs> we will though. talk about games, gaming, um, what we've been up to, uh, what we'd like to be up to, uh, and all that, what might, what's coming soon, all that kind of stuff. So, it, yeah, And we will uh, try and bring our usual... Uh, rambling and meandering and uh, super not very competitive uh, tilt on all of that. Yeah. So we um, hopefully the audio this week will be good. Mr. Morph has joined us in the chat. Welcome, Mr. Morph. Uh, as Robin said, we are recording this live on Tuesday night. So anybody who does want to come along, we're on Twitch at Twitch uh, slash agents underscore of underscore Sigma. If you want to check us out there um, on Tuesday nights, do follow us on Facebook and all that good stuff as well so you can see when we are going to be next live. Absolutely, so, yes, we do try and advertise, although we often forget. Yeah, very <laughs> often forget. So you're best to just, every other Tuesday, just tune in and find out if we've done something. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a we've got an agenda again, haven't we, Robin? We have. This is this is like two two live chats in a row. I've done an agenda, so probably maybe you've got one more, and then I won't do it anymore. This is this is it <laughs> after this. The novelty would have worn off. Which is something I might touch on later on when we're talking. But yeah, so uh, items up first, Peter. What is our? Uh, I've called it news from the gaming table. News from the gaming table, which is table. kind of about what you and I have been up to. Mm. Um, and the first thing we did, or last week, last week we met and we played another game of Nether Maze, Warhammer Underworlds Nether, Nether Maze. Well, our third game, and to be fair. Our third game our of third, Nether Maze. Well, yes, I, I, said another, I said another game. Yeah, oh, okay, fair so, enough. You must listen, listen, Peter, please. Very sorry. Um, yes, uh, yeah, so our third game, and it was the straight out of the box Nether Maze Rivals uh, match. And um, yeah, it was, um, it was good. Uh, Weaversburg has just joined us. Hello, Weaversburg. says, here I was thinking you all quit doing the show. No, we decided to come back because we're gluttons. We're back. We're back. We're bad. Every I, other week, Weaversburg, yeah. every other week we'll be back. 
um, and talking about all sorts of irreverent rubbish. Um, there will be some underworld, but we're going to try and keep the, the podcasts um, focused on general gaming rather than underworlds. Although underworlds is pretty hot at the moment again. So um, insert the, the uh, image here tonight, of, a little bit. The meme of underworlds is so hot right now with Will Ferrell in from uh, Zoolander or whatever it was. So yeah, it is, it is one of the things we are talking about at the minute, but. Uh, as you said, our agenda currently is news from the gaming tables. What we've been playing, like you say, we played Shadespawn, Shadespawn, Shadeborn Shadesborn, versus yeah. Skaven. We actually played that match, um, which no spoilers, yeah. but it was a fairly close match again. It was quite interesting. It was very close, and I think um, we're both still learning how the warbands work. Yeah, uh, and uh, but it was um, yeah, it was good fun. It's good fun. I, mean, I, I like the Shadeborn. I think you like the. The elves. I love the stagger capability of the elves. I didn't mean elves. Skaven. 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 You like the Skaven. I love the stagger capability of the Skaven. They really, that really adds something, um, and I like that. Um, along with the um, dual supports on the on the gloom hexes. Yeah. It means there's, a, there's. I mean, there's a lot more sort of dice rolling shenanigans going on, which is qu- quite interesting. I think. And I love the fact like that the um, that the Shadeborn have got they've got a specific sort of function which is all about being in gloom hexes. That's their thing, mm. and they've got things that sort of put them on gloom hexes, even if they're not actually on them. So it gives them like a portable gloom hex, which I like. But also with the yeah. um, the Exile Dead, I love the fact that they've got their own sort of mechanic as well. All the warbands feel a little different. Yeah, they seem to be. Um, they seem to have quite a lot of really thought about how they. F- fit together and I think I, I can't remember if we speculated this on camera or not um, I think um, that GW's recruitment of people specifically for Underworlds is filtering through now so about 18 months ago maybe they, they advertised for new designers for Warcry and, and Underworlds and I wonder whether they picked they interviewed and employed somebody who's had experience of, of building these types of games before because it seems just a lot more rather than Previously, it felt a lot like, well, we've got these cool models. Let's make some rules that go with them, and it and some of them hitting and some of them missing. Yeah, it felt like all three of them feel like they've got a nice synergy across the board, and that somebody's really thought about how rivals format works rather than just, oh well, we'll just say it's those cards and see what happens. Yeah, um, it really feels like they've kind of got some support in for um, Dave Reynolds. Dave Reynolds, um, Dave. He's not Reynolds, is he? That's Josh I can't Reynolds. remember his name. I can't remember his name. But, but Dave yeah. Sanders. Dave Sanders. Dave Sanders. Dave Sanders. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, and it's, so it's, it's interesting. It's yeah, yeah. Definitely nice to to have that feeling that the war bands are all different. Maybe not so much with the first three, although to be fair, the ogre pirates, you know, black powder, and the cunning boys or the cunning crew, they do have their own feel as well. I just don't think it maybe piqued our interest as much with those ones as the the. No, possibly not. And I don't. But I don't. I don't remember, maybe it's just because we weren't interested, but I don't remember the cards working so nicely with their, no, with their possibly theme. No, possibly not. Um, but um, we might come back onto Underworlds a bit later on when we do GW News. Yep. Um, but uh, meanwhile, we've also been doing, uh, what else did we do last week when we met Pete? We we did a voiceover for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and the voiceover stuff seems to be getting quite a lot of positive feedback on, on YouTube. Got a few people saying, I like the... Like the voiceovers, you did one on your own, didn't you, for Aeronautica? I did, I did an Aeronautica for the Necron versus Orcs one, which, 
Yeah, it makes the game easier to edit, easier to record as well. It just increases the amount of time because we have to come back afterwards and re-record the voiceover later on. Oh. But I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing because it takes more time out during the initial playtime and allows us to just sort of concentrate on playing the game a bit more. So, yeah, I mean, at the minute, people seem yeah. happy with it. And for non-Underworld games, I think it's probably the way forward. Yes, Underworld, we did do one. I mean, intended to come back, but actually, I think we're so used to narrating what we're doing. But yeah. there wasn't really any anything for us to add to, to the uh, to the original audio. Yeah. Um, and then we also we also were doing some stuff to get the podcast ready, which is very exciting. So the the intro that you would have heard at the start of this, you we recorded, and um, and the outro, which you're going to hear at the end of this, obviously, because you're going to listen all the way to the end. Uh, we did. We did. I'd love. To, I'd love uh, what to else? Hear, why? I'd love to hear people's feedback on those because we did them. They didn't take very much time. But I actually really enjoyed recording them, despite the fact they're just a little intro and a little outro thing. I actually really <laughs> found that quite quite yeah. fun to do. Okay, so we're just going to record loads of intros and yeah, outros. Yeah, that's all we can now. do from now. <laughs> um, other other game wise, I um, I bought, but as usual, have yet to read the. I bought the Marvel role playing game play test rule book. Cool. Uh, which I would recommend to anybody who's got a vague interest in in the game. Because it's really quite cheap. I think I picked it up for £8.50. Now, obviously, it's not the full rule book, but that's out next year. But you get this little kind of... It's like a paperback. Um, it's not version. as big as this, but it's not It's not as big as this. It's not as big as this in dimension, but it's sort of this kind of book. It's a little bit thicker than this. Um, it's probably probably across... The, I don't know why. I'm, of course, if you're on a podcast, you can't see what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not used to doing that. Uh, but it, yeah, it's sort of slightly bigger than... Not as big as A4, but bigger than A5, somewhere between the two. Um, little paperback rule book. And, it's, uh, and you can give feedback to the design team for the final thing. I don't know when the cut-off date for, for, for final entries is. But it, I say it's less than £10. I think it was £8.50. And I just bought it from a bookshop. So... Um, I'm looking forward to reading that. I did start to read it, but I didn't get I didn't get beyond what is a role playing game. This is normally about as far as I get on most most role playing game books. Um, I still haven't worked out what one is. Um, and I have been role playing with some patrons, Pete. Which I know you've been busy. You're busy on a Friday night oh, normally, but every other you. Friday we we meet um, uh, some meet up with a couple of patrons and play Necromunda based RPG. Cool, which is pretty cool. Um, and so that's he's using a system called White Hack, which, I'm, which is like old, really old school role playing. Uh, yeah, but it's cool. fun. So we're, we're, we're in the we're in the underhive and uh, basically getting our ass kicked all the time. So are you like but, one uh, gang, all of you like into one. We gang? are we are just not really. We're kind of like the the people of the underhive in a little town, I guess, where the gangs might go to pick yeah. up supplies or something. I don't quite don't quite know how it all hangs together under there. Uh, but no, we're not a gang as such. Um, my my character is a um, is a kind of surgeon, come barber type, <laughs> just stitches bits of people back together. And That's cool. The best. Uh, so it's pretty good. It's good fun. Uh, what videos did we release this week, Pete? Uh, so can you remember? No. Pop quiz. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we released the Aeronautica game, the Orcs versus Necromon, uh, Necron game. I think that was on Sunday. I might release that one. So. That went out, and a few people yep. enjoyed that one. So I hope people were enjoying watching that, and uh, and the new voiceover format and stuff, and getting to see. I won't I won't give away the results of who won or who lost, but it was it was nope. a fun game to see three planes take on seven planes. 
Yeah, it was interesting. And you tried out some of the new rules and, and perhaps found them a little bit wanting. But well, you watch yeah. watch the video to see to see what happened there. Yeah. Um, and of course, we also released, and it's actually gone down really well. It's got some garnered some lovely feedback. Um, we released a little guide to all the different underworld formats or most of the underworld formats. Um, that's got a lot of views and a lot of thumbs up. So that's. I was quite pleased with that one. Yes, and we released that because we saw a lot of people were, were going onto the Facebook groups and things and saying, I've just come back to Underworlds, or I'm new to Underworlds. And it was quite heartening to see quite a few people saying, I was I used to play Underworlds, I dropped out, I'm kind of interested in getting back in there with Nethermade. So it's quite interesting to see that. I've seen that. a lot of people doing that. I, I suppose, do you think that's pandemic-related? People are now feeling, feeling safer going out and about playing Could be. Um, across the globe. I think well, it's our is battle it because Nether Maze. <laughs> I think it probably is. I think it probably is because um, Nether Maze is is a pretty cool product. I think. Um, yeah. It's, I, 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 somebody took, took issue with this when I mentioned it on Facebook, but I think it's probably the best, if one of the best, if not the best, starter set for Underworlds so far. Yeah. Uh, in terms of balance and, and interest and accessibility, um, I was listening to Path of Glory today. They they reckon that it's got the best and one of the easiest set of. Uh, Warbands to pick up with some of the most difficult models to assemble. Yeah, that's true. I know you. I know you. I know you found the Skaven, and somebody else commented how difficult the Skaven. I didn't build those. You built those. Um, but so that's an interesting one. But I think, I think it's seemed very accessible, and the rules. So the rules seem accessible too, which is which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was that was nice to get to get that. So we, we, we haven't got much left. So what uh, we haven't got long left. So what's coming up? We've got. Uh, what are we recording this week, Robin? Well, this week, uh, well, we have 100% decided, but I think we're, we're recording Ascension Tactics, which is a game uh, by, I think it's actually now published by Ultra Pro, the people who do the card sleeves. Uh, but the Ascension Deck Builder game has been going for many, many seasons now. And it's not like a deck builder like Underworld as a deck builder, where you have all your pool of cards and you choose what you play with when you turn up. You basically deck build on the fly. Mm. So we've played a couple of... Um, you have a shared deck, don't you, basically? And, and yeah, you, you have a shared pool and you can bid for cards. Well, not bid for cards, but you, on your turn, you can pay for cards that are in the pool. Yeah. And the pool keeps 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 um, replenishing. So we've, we, uh, we've enjoyed that. So we're looking forward to recording an actual full proper playthrough of that. So we're doing that. And then I think we're going to try and play the Lord of the Rings living card game, although... We wonder whether we might play another game of Underworlds because we can't actually meet the following week because you're doing something, which is I just... Am. That's wrong. My, my Thursday is blocked out in my diary every every week. Nothing else goes in there. You've got to blame. I'm on holiday. You have to blame my work. So, so, my work has, has well, pulled me to London. I, this, that is, yeah, shocking. <laughs> shocking, but you're not working. What time are you working to? That's what I want to know. Well, I'll be working you, till about, working, I'll be working till about five, but then there's a company thing after that, so I've got to go along and, uh, you know, okay, okay. press the flesh, yeah. rub shoulders and all that kind Fair of stuff. Enough. Okay. Well, if you... What are you hmm? Just do enough pressing the flesh here. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what have you been painting this week, Pete? I, I've done very little painting. I finished off the Skaven before our game last week. I've done pretty right. much nothing since then, unfortunately. I'm I'm ploughing ahead with the uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm actually well ahead now because we haven't because we played the game uh, that went live recently as well. But has it gone live? No, it hasn't gone live yet, has it? The Nick Fury game. Uh, so I uploaded the Nick Fury and Electra Daredevil game today, so hopefully it'll be going out uh, okay. later this week. 
Okay, so yeah, so we've played a game with Nick Fury and Daredevil, uh, which was fun. So that hasn't gone out yet, but we, um, I, so we, we kind of took a step away from our narrative game where I'm going to introduce. Uh, well, I won't tell you what I'm going to introduce, but I'm going to, that character was painted quite a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but I painted two more now. I've painted Sam, Captain America Sam, and uh, War Machine. We may have to just forego so, uh, our our one character edition. <laughs> Because I painted Cyclops. They're all here! And just, just here you go. Here's five new ones. We couldn't be bothered to, to stick to one at a time because there's just too many shiny <laughs> oh, I things. I've also, I don't mind keeping going. I've also got Storm, got which I'd like up, to finish at some point. But yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Storm. Storm. It's a bit windy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So um, the community shout-out time, which is an idea I've stolen totally from uh, Path to Glory. So thanks to Aman and his crew. Uh, for that, and they do it very well, and they they do it every week and remember. And I've remembered this week because I've got it written down. You remembered last uh, week too. Uh, to be fair, well, that is true. I did, I did, I did. I shouted out John last week, didn't I? Yep. This week, there's a couple of events I just wanted to shout out. Uh, they're Underworlds events, so this is you know we we are still Underworlds is probably our most popular facet of what we do. So we all we are talking about it. There's uh, former uh, well, one of our patrons. I think he might be a former patron now, but uh, still a friend of the show. Yeah. Um, Matt set the tempo. Has kind of stepped away from Underworlds, but he is being the, he's the TO at the Alberta Masters, which uh, he did put on the Patreon Discord to see if we wanted to go, but it's a bit far. A little um, bit. Little so, bit. Yeah. So that's uh, on the 28th and 29th of May. I think there's, they've got a running a skirmish on the 28th of May and a clash on the 29th of, uh, of May over in uh, Canada, uh, which is just a huge place. I don't know how you find it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, I think it's in Alberta, as it's the Alberta Masters. It could be. I mean, clues And then uh, closer to home, in the sense that it's in your home, uh, straight out of Shadespire is returning before that. So that's returning on the 14th of May. Uh, for, so Valentin is going to be running another set. I think it's Highlander-style. Uh, so, so everybody can, only you, you can, know, can only, each, yeah, each one may can only be in once, but it's championship, isn't it? So, a chance to flex your yes. strategic muscles on that one. Flex your muscles. Why we don't really play? Yeah, pretty much. We have we have no we have no strategic muscles. None whatsoever. No, no. So we've got uh, up next uh, is our GW news, but I was just going to go back quickly to to go because we've got a, a couple of comments from Mr. Moore Cheeky. in the chat. Ah, okay. Um, he says okay, the tiny not, epic. Pete's monitoring chat. I am monitoring Sorry, chat. Sorry, because I said Yeah, because I my our new setup because that we, the setup was it was my fault the sound went wrong so I'm got a kind of cut down chat version and uh, I can't I cut down the setup and I can't see the chat. So, uh, but, so I am still recording. I'm still recording at this point. Rah. So that's good. <laughs> Oh yeah, did I hit record? I think I did. We're probably alright. Um, so Mr. Morph said that <laughs> Tiny Epic Vikings has just launched on Kickstarter and looks great. It's an auto back for him. And have we played any of the Tiny Epic games? I don't think I've even heard of any of the Tiny Epic games until someone was mentioning it in I the have, Discord the uh, other day. I have Tiny Epic Tactics, which I have played. And I did think maybe I played it with Pete, but then I think I got it in the middle of lockdown or, and, I, and I, did, I haven't played it with Pete. It's quite good fun. I played it with my son. I didn't love it, though, I have to say. I know lots of people really rate the Tiny Epic games. I didn't love it, but maybe we didn't play it enough. It was that kind of still in that early stage, I don't really know what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> kind of phase. Until you get into um, that phase of, I think I know what I'm doing now. I'm going to cock up everything because I'm overthinking it and I still yeah. don't quite understand it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure that's one of the best ones, though. Cause there's, there's, there's a lot of them now. Um, but um, I haven't. Looked, I've seen the I've seen the adverts for, for the Vikings, but I've not I've not actually looked in depth because I'm trying to, but generally failing to buy less games and especially back less Kickstarters. 
I'm doing fantastically these days on not buying as much, frankly. Um, yeah, I see. But we might cover that later on because I, yeah. I, I think you're a bit of an impo- you're an imposter in many ways. I possibly am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> he also mentioned uh, Mr. Morph. That is in our uh, uh, Twitch chat that he really likes the miniatures for the Never Maze. He'd be tempted to pick it up if they put Bladeborn cards out for the Warbands, and I would love for them to put Bladeborn Warband cards, even if they were just online to download or something. Um, or in a book for like a tenner to, to do something like that for Bladeborn. That would be fantastic. I think it would give us much more uh, enthusiasm to play that more because we've played the six warbands that are in there and it's like, okay, but it might get a bit samey playing the it's same It's a fun six. game, isn't it? It's a fun game and it, it, it would be really nice to, to have it more supported. I, they tend to be a bit fire and forget those type of games for GW. Yeah, which is, which is a bit of a but shame. It would be, it would be great because they could definitely, either of them, there's enough models in both to... to to make it work yeah and they could have some cool effects as well uh, he says he can't bring I mean, himself to play underworlds again but bladeborn is so good uh, bladeborn is a very nice fast quick to play even quicker than underworlds to play but i have to say underworlds now hmm. I, I think we've said it before but i think nether maze has definitely pulled us back in to an extent yeah i think the rivals format and, and the combination of, of that and, and then getting it right rather than it being an afterthought is what's made it made it good for us and I actually having having been a bit on the fence about it I like the fact that they've kind of taken a step back from the objectives and that they're now gloom hexes because that adds something especially with the shade board dodging it out but that adds something with the double supports and it all, but it also kind of stops the pretense that you're going for objectives <laughs> which yeah. nobody has been since about since season one, really. Um, well, that's a slight exaggeration, but you know, and I, and I quite I quite like that change. I ha- I fear and I suspect that when they move out of the old goo setting, they won't exist anymore, and they'll become something else. I don't know what. That that's going to um, be my but, yeah. That's my main concern with the game is that especially now they're moving into this six monthly rotation of of core boxes that they're gonna. I mean, Illusions was was one casualty already. Illusions hasn't been around more than about six months, the Illusion upgrades, uh, that style of card, and the chances are that's already yeah. gone because when we looked through... Yeah, there don't seem to be any. When we looked yeah. through all the Haradeep stuff, there were no Illusion card upgrade types, which is a shame because we really liked it. And that's the only thing I do worry about now is that they're just going to keep churning through different setups too fast to really get any chance to get the hang of at all like primacy came and went at least primacy was around for two years but it was around during two years of lockdown so it still didn't feel like it was that that state you know that much of a uh, yeah. integral part isn't of the it, game is it still isn't it still in the game sorry isn't it a dark isn't it still in the game isn't it a diachasm oh yeah well yeah tr- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But, they, but there's only one. There's only one season of cards for it. Yeah, so it's already started to die so, out. But yeah, it, it'll be yeah, gone. Yeah. Uh, end of this year, Primacy will be gone completely, apart from the Mad Mob. So it's that kind of yes. thing where it's like, yeah. it works. Leave it in, but I guess at the same time they I can't think, because they can't keep very variation up. I think that's my general criticism of. Uh, we talk about this kind of thing a lot, but they, I think they do. Just generally, I suppose it's to keep generating sales. Everything in all their games moves on really fast. Yeah. And it is kind of like, and it is almost a bit like the Blade Boy. It is fire and forget. Yeah. Churn that out, sell it, sell it, don't revisit it. Yeah. Or, you know, keep, do the next new thing. Uh, Which I think is a shame because I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about game design, but I feel like they, with with Primacy or Hunter, um, what's it, Hunter Quarry, 
uh, illusions, um, upgrades, all of those things could have been explored in more detail mm. over a number of seasons, and I don't think any of the players would have minded. I think it's definitely a GW thing. They tend to do this churn much more than certain other players and uh, sorry certain other game designers and look at things like Marvel Crisis Protocol that hasn't really changed at all apart from them bringing out new characters mm. that game hasn't really changed at all yeah they can't know I mean they do I guess they've added the odd bit and piece and then they have obviously now got the grunts which are that's probably the biggest change in in has it been out for three years now, maybe? I yeah. Because it's pandemic time. It's <laughs> just like, I don't know how long ago it was. It was it came out 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's that kind of thing. Even grunts aren't that big a thing. They're still off just a fighter. No, they just not, appear no. in slightly different ways and are slightly pants, but have yep. synergies with the other characters a bit more. So it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, it's a GW thing, I think. But talking about GW things, I guess our next segment is GW News. Yes, Yes, uh, GW News, yes, absolutely. So, uh, well, we've already mentioned it a lot. Uh, Nether Maze has arrived. But not only that, we also got a timely far and designer's commentary and errata yep. and stuff. Uh, and I think that seems to be... And that's another good thing, actually. Sorry, I've interrupted myself there. But that's another <laughs> good thing. If they're going to do... If they are going to do core, box every, core boxes every six months, which I know we're not overly keen on... At least they do seem to hit the new core box equals new FAQ thing. So we got all the new stuff arrived with Harrowdeep and then there's a whole nother new FAQ and far list for um, Nether Maze. And if they keep that up, then you we know where we are. We know that yeah. at the end of a six-month block we're going to get. And that I think that's all anybody really wanted. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody be clamouring to say it should be every three months. I mean, there might be people who would like it to be every three months, but I think you know if it's, if you know when you're going to get one, you you know where you are, um, yeah. rather than and you might just suddenly get one or on random Tuesday. Yeah, it just suddenly appear for no 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 sort of mention about it at all, and suddenly boom, there it is. I did like the fact that this about must have three the, days before a tournament, but yeah, or something. Not that we're bitter. <laughs> I did no. like the fact that I think this one, uh, the the Exile Dead, has like the fastest errated character card. <laughs> so far in the game because somebody realised yeah. technically you can use their ability to basically make infinite actions and it's like technically yeah. you can but if you try and pull that shit off no one's going to put up with you basically yeah there's been some other um, shenanigans with um, this new change that uh, dead fighters can count to score objectives or they, if, it does, if it just says fighter and not surviving fighters. It, it, it's any fighter, and dead yeah. ones count. So things like loaded with plunder can now be scored, even if the person with the objectives on, if the three upgrades on is dead. Which to me is bonkers, but there's been lots of people moaning, like it means you can't score. I can't think of one, but uh, is Sigma's Bulwark maybe? I can't remember, but I don't know, maybe you can score it. Uh, I, I, I can't remember. But, but, but if there was a card that where everybody had to be adjacent to one another, as soon as one of your people were dead, you wouldn't be able to score it because there'd be no way they could be adjacent to them. True. Uh, but to be honest, if you again, if you tried to say that in a tournament, I think you'd probably be laughed out, or at least I'd stop playing with you. So is that a change? <laughs> was that a change in the base rules around that? Because I missed that completely. No, they just changed. It, it was in the errata, so they changed the errata to basically say, uh, I think the, uh, the or the designer's commentary is a surviving fight. Our fight. Um, if if it, I can't remember, basically, 
if it doesn't refer to surviving fighters, if it refers to fighters you know, rather than surviving fighters, does it include your dead ones? And the answer is yes. So it'll make, it'll make some cards impossible to score and some cards really easy to score, in potentially. But I think we all know it come back to rules as written yeah. versus rules as intended, doesn't it? But I mean, it's, I think it's a fairly small thing, but it's just one of those, it's a very bizarre decision. I can only assume that something is going to interact with it going forward. Yeah, maybe, maybe, or, you know I mean? or it's yeah. that semi-typical thing of GW just making a ruling on something, and then, like, there was the Amis and Rastus ruling they did once before, and then they realised their yeah. ruling was nonsense, and they had to go back and change it again shortly later because they were they hadn't thought. Uh, the yeah, that was being on guard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was being on guard. Yeah, um, and of course, crushers um, have taken a nerf as well. But people probably don't yes. too much about that. Yeah, I haven't really. I didn't really take that in, um, but I. I think it used to be they got a, they got a wire counter if they made an attack action. Yeah. And now they have to make charge actions, which is much. It's quite a restriction actually, or quite a difference. I think they were, I think they were too good with it being an attack action, especially with the amount of push tech yeah. that can knock around. But they they do have quite um, a few cards to play into their war token sort of mechanics. Yeah, they so do. I think yeah, they'll yeah. survive. I think they'll do okay still. Although they do all now give up two glory when they die rather than just one. They are now they're they're all large, aren't they? All yeah. large. Um so other yeah, non underworlds uh, non underworlds news, what have they got? Uh well I was just gonna say or I was gonna say that I think is really good before you go on you know we were kind of um, complaining a little bit that the rivals not the rivals deck that was in White Dwarf. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I was, we were complaining, well, if you might not know that that existed or you might turn up, you know, play. They, they have now codified that in the rival rules set. They so they've got all the decks that, all the decks that are available as a little list of the cards, uh, which I think is brilliant. And I think that's, that's the best solution that they could have done if they wanted to print that sort of stuff in White Dwarf. Um, have they so said I'm, where you I'm, get I'm the cards from that. though? Or have they just given you a list of card names? I, I do, well, I think it does. I think the list does say HD. Oh, okay. What the card number? Okay. Is, I, I think I, I haven't. Do, I haven't checked, but I, I think it does. Um, I think it does. So, so it's not. It's still not perfect because I don't like the fact that they, it's across two sets, etc., etc. But it's really good that they have at least done that. It shows yeah. that they've at least thought about that. Yeah. Um, the other, the only other thing I was going to say about them is it's quite funny how now we don't really play the championship format. These documents barely impinge on my yeah. thought processes. I was looking at them, going, "Well, so what?" <laughs> yeah, uh, which was which was vaguely interesting. Um, other things, I guess, the biggest thing probably is Ash Wastes. Um, the release for Necromunda. I mean, it's biggest in some quarters. It's, again, I think I just looked at it and just thought it's just too much for me. I mean, it's a, it was a meaty price. Yeah, it was, um, it was quite a bit. waste to your wallet. And there's a lot of plastic in it as well. Yeah, well, I don't mind getting a lot of plastic, but I think for £180 retail is a lot. Um, yeah. And I have heard, I have heard, I haven't got any direct experience with this, so it is a little bit hearsay, but I have heard that you don't even really get a full rule set for what's in the box. Um, and you certainly don't get much to help you with the other warbands. Yeah, there's, there's no generic vehicles or anything like that in there. No, I mean I have to say I I, oh, I don't want to talk about it a lot. I don't know much about it. I think if it had been a bit more of a dark future slash um, 
what's that really famous film called? Mad Max um, style racing around the desert in cars, vehicles. I think I would have been much more on board, but I, know, I can understand why they've kind of gone for their own GW sort of tilt on it yeah. with the with the vehicles, the monster things that are going, but the things that look like fleas. Giant flea line. things, yeah. But for me, it just. Yeah, for me, just I just thought I don't really. That's not something I want to play. I think you, you, Necromunda maybe, maybe not. But I, th- I feel like you buy into the aesthetic, and I guess that's not an aesthetic I like. So therefore, I'm, it certainly made it much easier for me to say, well, I don't want to play that. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where if they'd have released it and gone, here's a bunch of rules and you know vehicles for the other gangs now, people might be a bit more interested in it but right now it's a case of you either have to play the ash waste nomads or you've got to play um orlock and that's like it that's all you've got yeah i mean if they had if they released like a, a vehicle for every gang which they will that would have been i awesome. guess eventually they will yeah yeah i guess right ultimately now. they will but they could have hit in the old days they'd have hit they would probably would have hit out i mean probably say tell me that i'm wrong but they i think they'd have like you'd have very quickly got Three or four vehicles out, one for each gang, and they would you could have gone off and played them, and they'd have worked basically the same. Or they'd have been generic uh, vehicles. They'd been like a a speeder or a buggy yeah. or things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 buggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But GW that's don't do generic true. anymore these days. Everything's highly. No, and I understand. I understand why. Hmm. Except, in the case of like their cars and stuff, they can make the models unique and better than everything else that's available out there. And I don't think. And perhaps I'm wrong. I don't. I'm not, I don't. I'm a multi-billion pound business, but I don't think they would have lost much business by people just going out and using Matchbox cars to play the game or whatever. <laughs> because ultimately, people would buy. You know, people would buy the stuff because it's so good. Yeah, true, true. Um, some of their some of their ta- some of their tactics make me feel like they haven't got any any faith in their own products. If you know what I mean, it's kind of like. We 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 we're quite worried that our, our product's inferior, so we're going to make sure that you can only use our product to actually play our game. But you know, there we are. I, I I do get it. I do get it. But I but I I feel like players. Like I know they have to because of where they are in the marketplace. But, but people like Mantic or the Frostgave rule set, it's it's much more interesting um, to you know be able to use models from. All comers, and then pick the pick the one you like, and you know generally people pick the best and most aesthetically pleasing. Generally, and there is a price consideration as well. But yeah, did uh, you see the new demon? What did you think of the new demon? I didn't see the new demon. Where was the that? Chaos demon. You're not seeing okay, there was a leak. There was a whole leak because so there were there were some spud cam photos all over the internet of um, the new uh, chaos. Yeah. Uh, codex which I, I don't follow 40k and then there was a new it is on the it is on the community website uh, there's a new demon prince type thing with, but it's for me it's pretty generic I mean it looks pretty ace but it's just a big guy with wings and he's got a big big weapon and you know teeth um, it's quite cool but it's, it's not especially oh it's just a bloke with wings holding exciting. an axe up type thing yeah exactly yeah. it's very bloodthirsty so it's a demon prince isn't um, it I think yeah it's a demon prince yeah it looks pretty yeah. average Pretty blah. Yeah. Got some yeah. hooves. Got some driving, wings. Is he driving a little red Corvette in uh, in uh, Ashwaite? <laughs> Demon Prince joke for you there. Um, so uh, yeah, and the, the only other big thing I suppose, and we're kind of from our perspective, it's absolutely the wrong timing because by the time we actually get to talk about it, it'll be two weeks' time more or less. Yeah. And there'll be nothing left to say. But Warhammer Fest 
reveal start tomorrow. Um, and there's some more Horus Heresy stuff coming on Saturday, or uh, you know, to look at. I guess depending and, on what uh, gets announced and when, we may we may talk about it a bit on Thursday when we meet up and then release a video. Oh, that's that, true. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't think there's going to be much Underworlds. Probably stuff. not. TBH, because the, well, there's nothing. There's no Wonderworlds logo. There's a, there's a Warhammer Age of Sigmar logo, but I don't know whether they still count Underworlds as a, I don't think they do particularly. And then the other the other day, so that I think I think tomorrow is forty k. The next day is, is AOS. Uh, the day after is um, uh, Kill Team Warcry and Necromunda. So I'm guessing you're going to get more Ash Wastes. Interestingly, wasn't there like? Um I know, I'm looking at the wrong page. I'm looking at 2021s. Never mind. Okay. I was getting slightly excited. And then... There's some weird demon thing outline, or whether that's a demon or whether that's a Tyranid, which I'm assuming is probably a Tyranid, given their their release stuff, what's going on with Nids right. at the minute. Yeah, there's there's Necromunda, there's um, Kill Team. Uh, I can see the, the new Squats. I don't know about anybody else, but I think the new oh, yes. Squat stuff's a load of blocks. Just, just, just try it. Like big, <laughs> like this big thing about oh, we're bringing squats back. No, you're not. You're bringing like short marines back. That's what you've done. They're just like short bearded marines. There's nothing special about them anymore. I haven't followed it. I'm so out of forty k. I mean, I quite like the, the the trailer was good, and I quite like the models. But I'm yeah, I'm so so far out of forty k that none of the words meant anything to me. I mean, I recognise the words. No, I don't recognise anything not either. In not in that order. <laughs> I think they have completely um, reinvented the squats, and I don't think there's going to be any of the okay. old. There's all the old squattiness is going to be gone. Um, yeah, right. it's just just yeah, completely. At least that successfully dissuaded me from being remotely interested in it. So I haven't got to worry about that. Well, that's good. Squats are painful anyway. Yeah. Do too many of those. Bad for your thighs. Um, GW do have a competition for yeah. uh, you can win all the stuff. I think you all, all you have to have done is sign up for their newsletter and you basically can be entered with every other person who ever reads a Warhammer Community web page uh, to win everything that they announce, which is quite, quite a cool prize um, if I wanted any of it. Um, <laughs> but I probably don't, but it's quite a cool prize. Okay, so uh, we're running a little behind by a major schedule, but it was very finger in the area anyway. Um, so we, our main discussion of this evening, Pete, which I think was your idea, so I'm just going to sit here and, and, and listen to you while you talk for half an hour. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. I was hoping we'd have um, more people online is... to, to give us their point of view on things as well, but we haven't got very many people on listening to us live at the minute, so we'll just make no, that's it up just as we Because go we didn't advertise. <laughs> we didn't advertise what we that's were going to talk about. That is true. Um, uh, but we were going to talk about why we hobbied. Yeah. Uh, do you mean historically, or did you mean why we do it now? Or both? I think I think a, a bit of both, and not just us, as in we, as in you and I, but also in general, why people hobby. Try and explore those aspects of it. Okay, I've 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 cut approach from a very personal we can, perspective. We can, I'm sure that will probably which resonate I guess as well. Probably people will hopefully identify with, and I'm not just some sort of freak. Uh, any more than I used to be considered <laughs> such a thing. Well, you've you've actually done some prep. You've you've written notes on this one. Do you want to go first then on I why have. you hobby? No, I want I want to I want to, I want to see you think on your feet. <laughs> um, 
Well, I've, I... I've learned to do it in my job quite a bit now, so I could probably bullshit my way through uh, okay. 30 minutes. <laughs> Think. <laughs> um, I, I actually almost felt like this was an existential question, mm. the first thing that my notes say. And it almost feel like it's like, because it, it's so much part of what I do now, and what I am, and what I was, and it was like everything growing up. I, I kind of feel like it's almost, it's so embedded in me. It's it is almost part of my existence. So it's really hard to, not, not hard to say, but it's, it's, it's because I, I, I hobby, therefore I am, almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose. Uh, but I think, I think I just going back to um, why I got into hobbying in the first place. The D and D books just um, just called to me. Do you know what I mean? They were they were full of these bizarre. Uh, there was the Lord of the Rings title, and I'd read those books, but there was these all these charts with numbers, and I was a math science bod like a lot of gamers are, and um, that still really appeals to me, even though now I can't actually process it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just I loved that uh, dice modifiers and, and funny shaped dice appeal. There was just something. There's just something. I suppose it's just inherently. I know just say it was inherently geeky, uh, but it just that just appealed to me. Um, and and I'm fascinated by game mechanics and and the way games work and the way they hang together. And, but I actually have come to realise, by doing the channel and things, but I'm actually not very all that good at games. Or not, not, not the hard mechanical games. I'm much better at quizzes and um, things that require recall or a bit of improvisation. I'm much better at that kind of thing than I am about hard, hard mechanical games. Mm, okay. You speak now. Oh, I speak now. Sorry, <laughs> I have to talk. Instead. Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> I mean, so so one aspect of hobby, I guess, you could is the playing of it, but also you get a lot of enjoyment from mm. the painting side of it now as well, don't you? I, I well I do yeah yeah I do is that is that was that you speaking just putting the ball back in my court I am yeah I'm very good at this <laughs> See, I do but that's that... the second part of my notes that's the second part of my notes okay. which is that although although I was drawn into the um, kind of mechanics of it if you like I think also it tapped into this kind of creative side which I didn't particularly realize I had as a child. As a teenager, I was very dismissive of the arts, like a lot of science people are, and I didn't, I didn't get on particularly well in English. I'm a terrible drawer. My drawings are awful. My handwriting is crap. My uh, ability to draw is, is very poor. Um, but there, are, there was a great, obviously with role playing, there's, there's the whole kind of acting side of it which I didn't really act but you know there's the whole telling stories and, and, and drawing maps and building worlds and all that's very creative and I think that actually was what also appealed and then the painting of it I was awful as, as a teenager but I think that's to do with experience or lack of um, the, the materials that were available to me which when I first very first started they were only enamel paints the acrylic paints weren't available yeah, but, but my first attempts at painting first attempts at painting were awful but um now i love it the painting side of it and i could almost stop gaming and just carry on painting i think i mean i would miss i would miss our thursday nights but i i if if, if we had to back up the channel for some reason tomorrow um then i would carry on painting but i i mean i would play games but i wouldn't 
I don't think I would carry on hobbying particularly, um, or, or warhammering particularly. I would just paint the models, paint MCP models, paint whatever came along actually. Um, but Is I it... love the community around painting. Yeah, so definitely. Like no, I was just gonna keep going. That's fine. I mean, yeah, the community is is great <laughs> around painting as well. The 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 channels, the, the the support, the discussions, all that kind of stuff. Is, is yeah, exactly. Weird. I mean, our, our the, we yeah, we have we have our own painting channel on the Patreon Discord, which is probably the liveliest one and the most supportive one. Um, and but you can now get so much great advice online, either just through people's comments. On Facebook forums, but there's you know countless video providers um, who pro provide amazing tutorials, and just it's very easy to find what you want to do online and, and, and attempt to recreate it. I, mean, I don't get close half the time, but um, it's kind of and I, I it's very supportive, and I suppose I feel like gaming can be a bit competitive by its by its very essence. You know, somebody somebody tends to win. Obviously, that's not always true with role playing games and co op games, but Painting is really, I know they have Golden Demon, but painting is really competitive. And I don't, I, I don't imagine anybody gets up, well, they might be disappointed if they don't win, but I don't imagine you get people rage quitting Golden Demon Award. Um, maybe they do pick up the sword and smash it, <laughs> smash it through the cabinet when they haven't won. Uh, but um, you know what I mean? I, don't, I feel like it's supportive. Like, you know, when you, I don't know if you watch The Bake Off. Do you ever watch The Great British Bake Off? No, I'm definitely not a Bake Off fan. Okay, but everybody on there, one of the things that I like about that show is that everybody, although they're competing to win, it's almost, that's almost secondary. And everybody, everybody just wants the, each person who is in the tent with them to bake the best whatever it is that they can bake. So they'll help each other, uh, give each other advice. You know, if somebody's running a bit behind, they might help them get stuff out of the oven, that kind of thing. And they help one another be, be better. And that, I feel like... Um, is what the painting side of it is like. And I don't feel like it's like that with the hobby side, I mean, with the game side so much. Yeah. I, I mean, there is, people do, people do, and there are lots of lovely people, and you know, I've played people at uh, Grand Clashes, and they've said, oh, you've forgotten this, or whatever. So they, they, it does happen, I do know that. But at the very top end, it gets a bad press, because you, you, I, I think part of the problem with these complex interactive games is that the way to win is to game the system, is to find the loophole. To, to, to exploit a, a, a gap in the rules and, uh, and I suppose that you don't get that you can't you can't exploit a gap in the rules in the painting for no. painting because you just it's at the end of the day it's just you the paint and whatever it is you're painting yeah I think I think for me the hobby when I was younger was definitely just the attraction to the artwork uh, and the models when they came along um, and I was definitely all, always more about the playing aspect of it than the the painting side of it. So I was always much more interested in playing the games and and stuff like that. And um, I think I've got into painting much more recently uh, in the last couple of years, especially with the channel and stuff like that. And mm. and I was a bit more arty when I was a kid. I was always a bit more into art and stuff when I was at school. And um, and, and one of our one of our supporters, Morpheus, said that he was. Uh, probably into he was into the drawing creative side so it felt more natural to him and I, I think I was possibly a bit like that and I was into the into the, the general aesthetic of it I loved the, the both the fancy and the futuristic settings of 40k and that sort of pulled me in whereas a lot of people got involved with Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever else because of the aesthetic for me it was always 40k and, and, AOA, uh, and Warhammer 
uh, the aesthetics there were what pulled me in. And I sort of fell out of the game uh, as I got older and had kids and lost time. And I'm sure most of us who are older gamers have, have gone through that stretch of uh, drought where there has been no gaming in their life. Bloody kids. And then, <laughs> and then when I... I think I got back into it when we'd started the channel, to be honest. And it's nearly all been fed by the channel. And it was interesting that you said that if the channel stopped tomorrow, you would still be painting. You'd still paint stuff. I think if the channel stopped tomorrow for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't paint anymore because I think I paint only. Whilst I enjoy it, um, I'm always looking at the clock when I'm painting. I'm always thinking, "Oh, this is taking ages. I want to find a quick way to do it. I want to find a simple way to do it. I want to, you know, I want to do this." I invariably end up dipping into it more than I intend to and spending longer on things than I meant to originally and stuff like that. Um, but I always start with the point of view of I want to try and get these done quickly, so we can get them on the table for our games and if we weren't recording those games I'd probably have zero impetus to paint at all because it'd be something that I could do right. but I have just so many other things that I could do instead that I would probably prioritise over something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean I say I carry on painting of course without the drive to do it perhaps I would end up stopping because it would be easy to no I won't do it today. I won't do it today and then suddenly you haven't done it for a week and then yeah. you haven't done it for two weeks and then the stuff's in the way and getting dusty so you pack it away and then and then, and then you stop and then it so never I, but comes I feel out. like that I, I try and paint now and I have done for over a year I haven't done it every day but I try and paint for 30 minutes a day hmm. um, and and I that 30 minutes is really good you know I really like the time not every day sometimes the painting doesn't go very well and I it wasn't very mindful but I really feel much better when I've just sat down and painted. It's interesting, I don't like it at the weekend when my wife's around, buzzing around, tidying up, and I just want to sit and paint because I feel bad that I'm doing it, but then I feel grumpy that I haven't done it. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I really feel much better. I normally do it after I've done the school run paint. in the afternoons. Um, so I've brought the kids home. They're, they're, they've got food, so they're happy. And there's a little bit of quiet time before they start getting fractious again. Um, and um, I can just do half an hour, 45 minutes, if I'm lucky, uh, and paint. So today I was painting some Riders of Rohan, having gone back to that, having finished a couple of MCP ones, I went back to my Riders of Rohan, and it just was just really nice to, to, to do. I think like you, you say there, the, the painting can quite often, depending on how seriously you take it, but as long as you try and take it at a fairly... Um, calm sort of level you can be a very mindful thing to do and it can help you just just block out some of the stresses that are going on it can be quite a relaxing thing to do even if you're just doing basic stuff like base coating models or undercoating models or dry brushing things and stuff like that. it can be a very yeah and I felt some, sometimes that's that's the most relaxing bit when you're doing that today i was um just sprinkling sand on some bases with some pva glue yeah so it wasn't very challenging at all but it actually it just it was just part of the process of, of getting from grey plastic to eventually a model that's half decent it's it's kind of like the nerd equivalent of like our dads might have potted in the shed my dad oh it absolutely my, is my dad would have been yeah. in the shed for hours every day i don't know what the head he did he never produced anything from the shed uh, on the rare occasion if you asked him for a table he'd suddenly knock one up but generally he'd be out there for hours just sifting through drawers with screws and nuts and bolts and yeah 
doing I don't know God knows what but just just out in the shed tinkering around and that's basically that isn't it at the end of the day yeah it, it absolutely is and it feels a bit more because I I've got a few solo games as you know I've been trying to play the, 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 the Lord of the Rings LCG but that I feel really bad doing that I always feel really guilty doing that and I find that really hard to get a solo game to the table because that just felt like a total waste of time but at least I'm nominally doing something productive <laughs> and artistic when doing when painting um, I do like pottering in my garden. I do. I do try and do stuff, mainly pull up weeds. But I don't. Know, I don't have a shed as such. I have a studio though, which is quite nice. Which is not bad. <laughs> and I think the other aspect of the gaming, obviously, we cover painting. The other aspect of the game is playing the game. When I was younger, um, never probably like a lot of people. I probably never played the, with the proper rules. I remember when I was younger, me and my cousins and my friend would. We'd write our own versions of role-playing games and stuff like that, which were probably terrible. If I yeah. could see them now, they'd be absolutely atrocious. But, you know, they were our creations at the time. And then getting into actual tabletop games and stuff like that, it became a lot more about um, playing the games. And back then, when we were younger, it was probably about playing to win, but also trying to get that aesthetic of all the models on the table and all the terrain. But, of course, when you're a kid you could never really make the table and the train and the models look like they did in the magazines. So it always felt a little bit close, but no cigar type sort of territory for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't think I noticed that too much when I first started, because I started a little bit after you, sorry, not after, before you. And so things like heavy metal, they were a thing, but they weren't so much a thing. So you yeah. didn't have this constant oh my God, my miniatures look awful. <laughs> so I, I didn't have the comparison in the same way. I was just really thrilled to get my Lord of the Rings miniatures down on a, on a table that I had built, which I had built with my dad as well. So there, there was that too. Um, but but I, 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 I do feel like in many ways, although this is like the golden age, like you could say, of, of tabletop games, there's so many different small companies making loads of great stuff and obviously Games Workshop making great models and, and pe companies of all sizes and all. you can basically if you want to play whatever rules you, you fancy playing now you can probably find it yep. now um, but everything has been you know you have to pay for it if you see what I mean you, you, not, not surprisingly it's, people, it's a business but everything capitalism has kind of got it's realised that there's a market there and sunk its uh, sort of teeth into it and you know you you have to buy it and I think you don't people don't feel like and maybe this is not true maybe there are people who do feel like they can but if you it's very much harder to make up your own rules for a games workshop product now because you just get derided and told it's rubbish and whatever so that's probably partly because you're not only you making it up you're putting it on Facebook or whatever but I do feel like in some ways the golden age was when you could just sit down with your mates and just invent the rules because you didn't know what they were or because they didn't exist because and that's effectively what um, Rick Priestley and um, all the other guys uh, Jervis Johnson were doing yeah I mean effectively they just made up the rules they just we just want to do this so let's make up the rules for that. And they would have done that over and over again. And eventually that would become the rules for your orc hero that you loved, whatever he was called. Yeah. 
in 40k and i mean the that you can see it in the baseline 40k stuff they basically said right we want space romans what are we going how are we going to do space romans or we want space vampires how are we going to do space vampires you know what would be really cool space genghis khan let's do him and they basically did that and that's now become like codified as law um and you can't deviate from that stuff but they were basically just taking any old well not popular but any old cultural stuff that they could find and just taking it putting it in a blender and chucking stuff out yeah which was great which was great and um, it's how how stuff gets invented but um, now it's much harder to do I think it it does it does feel like it is a lot harder to do and I think that these days for me um, playing isn't about the competitive side really anymore for me it's just about having fun so when we're playing games, whether we're recording or whatever, I don't care, for the most part, within reason, I don't care who wins and who loses, uh, so long as we have a fun game. Obviously, if one of us wins and yeah, one of us I... loses, and it's a massively sort of like unbalanced slaughter, that can be a bit dull. But generally, as long as we, as long as it's a, an average sort of game and we both get our kicks in, then that's all I'm after these days. I agree with that, except I do like to win, <laughs> and that's my fault. But I, 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 I do, I don't, I totally agree with what you're saying. And it, a, a close game is. I'd much rather. I think on balance, I would much rather. Even though I do like to win, I would much rather lose narrowly than win heavily. Yeah, if that makes sense. When we when, when we play, uh, because they're much more exciting. Those games where. Um, it comes down to it like the last couple of dice rolls or the flip the flip of the card. Um, you know, oh I've got actually got two glory and you only have one glory at the end. That that kind of thing is that's that's much better than the experiences matter. And they're the games you remember. I don't remember apart from apart from the fact that we record them. Uh, but I don't really remember the games where we've absolutely one of us has smashed the other one. I remember the game the one I had the Stormcast that I hated. Uh, but um, but I, I, I yeah. But I am more competitive than I want to be. <laughs> I think. I mean, um, I'd say I'm competitive. I'd love to win each game that I play. But like you, I'd rather lose a close game than win a heavily one-sided game. So, um, yeah. Uh, I think some of that, some of it's definitely to do with investment. We've kind of gone off topic mm, a little definitely. bit now. But I, 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 I worry less about losing rivals' games because I've done. I've played, made very little upfront investment. In my time and effort, which we've talked about before, uh, but that definitely, uh, you know, it's it's if if I lose a rivals game, I can not not blame the cards, but I was stuck with those cards, and that's yeah, what I you didn't to do. pick Whereas those when cards. We play, yeah, when we play compet- uh, you know, championship, we, we used to play that. It was much more frustrating when the t- deck you'd spent your time doing, and because that, that comes down to a use of time again, which is so precious. I spent a couple of hours building this deck, and it's shite. So I might as well have just sat with my bum out of the window and farted into the street. You know, I might as well have done that um, because it was all is it all of use. I mean, I guess the police would have come round, but um, you know, it would it it would have been as much use to do that as it was to make this dick. Yeah, there is definitely that that aspect of investment up front. The less investment I have to put into a game. It, there's a level, so there's like Keyforge when we tried to play that. There was zero investment in the game. You literally just bought a deck, shuffled it, and started That's playing. That's true, yeah. And I didn't enjoy yeah. on that. I didn't enjoy that at all no. because it really felt like there was zero control over it. And that's maybe because we just didn't really understand the game 
as well but I'm definitely in a place now where like when I was 12 you know when you're when you're a kid you spent all day theory crafting lists of what you could have if you had all the pocket Absolutely. money in the world what army would you build and how would it look on the table and all that stuff and then you would sit there and leaf through white water and realize it's going to take me about three years to save up enough money to try and build that thing <laughs> I want. And then, Still saving. but now it's like, <laughs> I'm not buying all that because I ain't got the time to put it together. I'm never going to play with it. I won't paint it. So I'm just going to buy the one thing that I want and I'll just do that instead. And mm. uh, another aspect actually of hobbying or why we hobby in general, obviously part of it's building stuff. There's painting, but before that there's building and uh, Morph mentioned that he thinks no. he, no, no, he, no, he, doesn't. he finds no, he building doesn't more paint. relaxing than painting. But I know you hate it. Right. I do not get that. Lego, I love building Lego, but I do not get why people enjoy building miniatures. I mean, I know that's to do with my cack handedness, which comes into the drawing and stuff again. But I do, I just, oh, it just drives me insane. I do find, it's, it's, I find it really stressful. I do find a lot of GW's models these days, because they're all the more sort of monopose type, they do almost go together quite often like Lego. And I don't mind that, and I I find that quite. I don't find it. Don't they don't, but they don't because Lego doesn't have cracks down the middle, where they, <laughs> you know, or, or bits. Of, and I, I know this is my own fault, and I, and I obviously I often joke about the fact that I don't I don't bother tearing up mould lines and stuff. But you end up with bits of plastic where they shouldn't be sometimes, <laughs> um, and um, especially if you slip. Um, but um, it just, I don't know, it just it just infuriates me, it infuriates me. I, I just don't like building the models. If, if I never had to build a model again, I would be happy. See, I could probably but, quite yeah, happily sit everybody... there Everybody... And... Sorry, go on. Sorry. I was going to say, but everybody, and it's good, everybody likes different things. And that's yeah, great. Exactly. So it's great that you like building models and I don't, because you can build them for me. <laughs> Yeah, I could almost, I could almost happily just sit there and put models together, and not worry about painting them ever. If we didn't have the channel, that would probably be where I'd end up with mountains of grey plastic of stuff that I used to go, oh, that's an awesome model. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to put it together. I'm never going to play with it or anything like that. And then just continuing in that cycle, which is kind of what I did when I was a kid to an extent. I never really painted very much when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, I had a lot of bare metal. <laughs> I had a lot of bare metal or or prime metal. Yeah. Um, but but I I now I, I I kind of feel like painting it is justification enough. If you sort of mean. But I still buy too much. There's another issue I have, which you don't have actually. We're talking about. There's another aspect of the hobby, which is buying shit. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, and and you are much better at not buying stuff. I, I'm very good at kidding myself into thinking I'll have time to play it, or I want to play, it, or the kids will play it. Uh, and you're much better at not doing that yeah um because i get very excited by stuff i get very excited by new stuff and i'm really interested in yeah i'm interested in lord of the rings i've been buying but i've cur i haven't bought loads of stuff but i bought this lord of this cargo i could barely get it to the table but i bought it having already gone through the experience of thinking the marvel champion game looked great and enjoying that but never bringing it to the table and buying buying a few more because these release they, yeah, they they keep coming these releases so you buy the stuff because you don't want to lose out you don't want to and then suddenly you realize you haven't actually used any of it so you've got to stop um, but it, that is um, a, a, a bad thing for me that you don't seem to have a problem with. Yeah, I think I realise that the only time I'm going to ever get to play these things is when I come over to your house, and that's helped me. Mm. I, I'm not, I, I don't kid myself that I'm ever going to play any of the solo card game type things. 
but then I've never really had the interest in playing any of the solo card game type things. If I was going to do something on my own at home, then I'd play something probably on the computer or I'd... Right, know, okay. Something like that. So. Yeah, see, I don't really... Now, I'm so bad at computer games. I'm so dis, dis, disconnected from computer games. I'd never, I would never do that. I, pro- I mean, to I be think, honest, I probably wouldn't that... do that either, if I'm honest with myself. I probably wouldn't even do that. I'd just watch shit on telly. <laughs> right. I think with the solo games is I... Because I like doing the crossword and stuff. So mm. I, But I... Uh, which is one thing, because they are kind of puzzly. But I, I don't want to play them on my own, but I don't have anybody to play them with, except on a Thursday night. So I... that yeah, it's, it's easy to play them on my own or not play them at all. Um, yeah. But I like the cooperative aspect of those games, and that, that doesn't stress out my competitive need because it's we're working together which yeah. I like which is why I like like working doing a quiz team or something like that or role playing yeah um, and, and I, th- I guess so, another aspect of the game when you, you can play the game and for us it's definitely more about the enjoyment of playing the game I guess another aspect of it for a lot of other people is the competitive side of it and playing the games competitively and in Underworld that's a bit more expected because it is like a competitive tabletop like it's meant to be competitive yeah. and played in a like a tournament format. It's been designed to be a bit more like that. But even things like forty k, you know, AOS, pretty much if you make something where it's two people effectively playing against each other, people will make competitive versions of it. Yeah, I mean, you when you look at forty k, you have to think it doesn't seem like a competitive setting you know what I mean it, yeah. I mean obviously there are battles but it feels like um, that the, the, the designers they want it to be narrative mm. uh, a narrative game they want you to just to have fun and they want you to buy other lovely models and use those but it doesn't seem that like most people actually want to play it that way and it's all very built everything is geared towards being the most competitive getting the best builds and all that kind of stuff um, which is interesting it's okay. interesting I don't know I, I would love to know what sort of discussions go on inside headquarters at Games Workshop. And obviously they do do the meta watch stuff. Um, where they, you know, they do look at what's competitive. But I wonder when they design new stuff, how much of it they think about the competitive side and how much yeah. they think about the, the narrative side. Um, the narrative side is always, they, when they do these new releases, they, they, they normally have little story bits, don't they, where they do these kind of setting transformation type things. Yeah, but then they—is that just all about selling books? I, I don't know. I I suspect it's partly that, and I do wonder if when they're doing the meta watch, if it's more just a case of them, like setting up a little sandbox test environment type thing where they've just released all these rules and models, and then they've just gone, "This is what happened." They've got zero kind of uh, <laughs> preconceived yeah. notions. They just—they're just going. Oh look, we we did all this stuff, and bizarrely, the thing we most recently released isn't actually top of the pile. It's some other thing that we did, and I'd, I'd love to know how much that feeds back into things. Because there's a lot of people that say that yeah. competitive play is the better way to play, or at least they say that competitive play helps balance the game. And I personally think that that's a lot of shite. Um, well, because it's only competitive players. The, the, the come up with the the look for the the weaknesses and the broken things you know neither of us would ever the minute an army book came out would go what's the most broken combination that I can come up with yeah yeah people love to find those broken combinations yeah. it's a bit like when new underworld stuff come out people look for where the rules interactions fall out 
Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but you've okay, you've put the cart a little bit before the horse because mm. I was going to move on to our listener question. Yeah. Uh, which, as per usual, is supplied by Mr. Andrew Marlow. Thank you, Mr. Marlow. Um, other other listeners can ask questions, uh, but we have lots from Mr. Marlow. Um, and this is this is question number thirteen. Um, do you think that uh, Underworld is best played as a tournament style game or casual? Mm. And I'm also going to tie this question in because I know what you're going to say, and you've kind of given away what you're going to say. We're going to, we have a segment on the podcast um, called Unpopular Opinion. Unpopular so most opinion. weeks we will try and f- exactly we will try and find an unpopular opinion. I'm going to I think I mentioned this in the, in the abortion podcast. I'm going to bring back an old favourite one week. But um, so I'm going to tie this into the unpopular opinion. So Pete, do you think that Underworld is best played as a tournament style game or casual? Well, I, th- I mean, it's probably no surprise that I think it's best played casually. Um, because I play it casually, and I only play the things the best way they can be played. Uh, and I'm right. <laughs> I, I think it's better played casually only because of other, because of an unpopular opinion I may have. But I, I, I just feel like games are more fun when they're not competitive. Because when they're competitive, that can lead to very... Um, sore feelings either when you lose legitimately even when you lose against somebody who's just better than you that can still make you feel bad and I think anything where you're doing that's a hobby that's a game that's for fun that ends up making you feel bad you're wasting your life with that that just seems like you might as well just go sit in the corner and punch yourself in the crotch for all of the good it does you right okay I, I, I see what you're saying so you're you're sort of saying why put yourself if why get worked up about it if if because only one person can win so if you you end up likely ending up in pain yeah because you haven't won is that yeah I, I guess I'm always I've always been a what's the point kind of guy you know whenever people are being like sometimes you end up doing things in a group setting and it might be quite often it might be a work thing or something like that and there's always somebody in the group like come on let's go let's really hit this let's get and you're like why ah uh, okay why well, what's the point yeah, yeah. and they're like oh we're gonna that, beat that the other feels team to be like quite a different <laughs> that to me feels like quite a different thing to uh playing underworld competitively but i do i do see where you're coming from then <laughs> from there it's like um yeah Yes, I, you know, I have played football with people like that. Like, no, mate, it's just not. It's just not worth getting that worked up about it. <laughs> yeah, especially thing, especially with things like like Sunday league football or five side things at work, things like that. And somebody's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. screaming, yeah. "Come on!" You're like, "Dude, this isn't the Premiership." Like you know, the goalie's yeah. just in the corner taking his asthma inhaler and having a swig of his Guinness <laughs> that he put beside the goalpost. No one gives that much of a shit about this. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I yeah I, I I can see that. I'm gonna my counterpoint to that, I suppose, is um, the competitive players drive the game. They make the game better, and they bring out new and interesting ways to play the game. That's my my counter countermark. I'll, I'll acknowledge. That, yeah, you? I'll acknowledge that sometimes, uh, and there are definitely people in the underworld community that have come out with suddenly new and interesting ways to play uh, with uh, warbands. Um, I can't remember his name. The guy who played the Eyes of the Nine with the was it the Feed the Beast Grave deck that kind of thing. That was quite funky. That's me. I did that. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> 
Eric, Eric, Eric comes yeah. out with brilliant. He's come out with a brilliant so, eyes and eyes. And there's another guy. There's another guy whose name completely escapes me. Um, he's, but he had a really good um, Blade Coven deck, and it yeah. kind of opened my eyes to, to, to. I think I think it was a time when I was a bit down on Underworlds, and I was thinking, oh, it's the, everything's the same. The meta's the same. It's all great strength, potion of rage, that kind of thing. Um, other potion of rage might have been out by then, but that you know it was the same. We're basically seeing the same thirty-two cards in every deck, kind of thing. Not quite, but you know. That, and he just had some really neat tricks. Which just looked really great, and I thought well, that that made me think. Well, actually, yes, um, that that to me is, is worth aspiring to. So I'm trying to think of things that other people haven't, um, which I quite like. And I think there is something, and it's interesting because painting. I was talking about painting isn't competitive. Um, well, I say they do have tournaments, but it isn't competitive. But you are kind of competing against yourself, in the sense that, or you might not be, but in the sense that I think I don't think anybody paints and thinks i want to paint this and be just as good as i was last time you know just i'm, I'm happy with the level i'm at and i've got no interest in improving my painting skills and i'm just going to paint out paint every day for the rest of my life and i'm not going to try and get any better i don't think anybody does that i kind of do <laughs> and i'm not saying that to be bloody minded <laughs> but I'll, i mean if i look well, fair at, enough fair if enough if i look at my skaven that i painted and I compare them to the mm-hmm. orcs I painted last year for Kill Team or some of the stuff I painted a few years before that. They're kind of all of a similar level. I haven't done anything different right, in enough. any of them. I haven't tried anything new. I've done the basics, sort of like base coat, wash, some highlights. That's kind of been it for I'm me. I'm going to get, get your miniatures out when we finish and I'm going to look and see whether they've improved. They, they might have got <laughs> neater. They might have got a bit better, but I haven't. I haven't introduced... Like I, I've I've not gone to that stage where I've gone right. I'm going to put like a, a million highlights and edge highlights on this model. And, no, and and no, but that that's partly to do with the time constraint, isn't it? But yeah. oh, but you have, for example, any any technique which saves you time but still looks good, you do. Yes. So you can argue it's better in the sense that you've got quicker, but for, with the same output. Yeah, um, I've I've probably shaved time off of, of you, achieving the same kind of net result. Because you underpaint now, for example. Yeah, that's true. Used to do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do underpaint them. Um, um, so all I was going to say is that I, th- I, th- I think there's something good about pushing yourself to be better at a game. So there's one thing to, um, to just to turn up and play, which is great. But there's nothing wrong with trying to improve, trying to understand why why you lost that game, how you can improve on on what you did. So that's it's okay to be competitive in that sense. I think. Yes. Uh, and and uh, Morph mentioned the thing that some people literally are uncompetitive because they just want to beat other people, and I think that is like one of the biggest wastes of life. If if that's yeah. the only reason you're playing a game competitively, so you can just beat other people and be the best at this made made up game, then you need to reevaluate your life choices. I think if you enjoy it yes, and you also I... happen to be good at it, that's fine. But if your main reason for playing mm. it is I just want to be number one and I want to thrash everybody i don't care i'm not here to make friends i'm just here to collect the trophy it's a bit sad the piece of glass but then yes and that that gets into even more extreme because there's one thing i think if you if you're pushing yourself to win um and and even if you're a bit like me and you push yourself to you and, and you get upset when you don't which i try not to do but i you know i'm my father's son um and um you that's a totally different thing. I would never cheat. 
I'm, I'm I not even necessarily think, cheating, I, but just. I want I want to win so much, but that's taking competitive to a whole new level, isn't it? I I, yeah. I, I, I want to win so much that I am prepared to actually lie about a dice roll or stack my. And there have been issues yes. where the guy there was a guy wasn't there a grand clash who stacked his deck yeah. to win. And, and, it, I, and in 40k, there's people I, who roll dice out of sight and, and then go, oh no, that was a six, yeah, that's fine, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, and I and I completely and utterly don't see the point no. in doing that. I don't even see because... the point to the, to the point where when you're playing a game, and like we do it a lot, where we sit and go, and you, I'll do my turn, then you'll do something, and I'll be like, oh crap, I meant to play this card. You're like, oh yeah, cool, whatever, that's fine. But if you're going to be the kind of person that's going to go, sorry, no, I've started my turn, you can't do that now. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, really? You, you're going to... Really? Okay, yeah. fine. Right, okay. Right, yeah. Right, you obviously want yeah, it more and, than and I that, do. That, I could see that a little bit more because remembering to play your cards or whatever is part of the game. But we all do make mistakes. So you've kind of... I guess you've just got to judge whether the person made a genuine error or... I, I, I don't know, but I could see I could see more why you might say, look, I'm really sorry, but actually it's my turn now. I, I don't think I ever would. I don't play at a level enough, high enough. Um... But to, to actually, if you won, knowing that you'd stacked your deck, so you've gone through the whole day, you've gone unbeaten, but every every game you'd stacked your deck so that it came out in a certain order. You would, would you not look at the glass every day and think, I don't really deserve that because I cheated? I don't think. Or maybe you feel like you do because you cheated and you got away with it, and therefore that's that's all part of the game. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just another. I've point. been really big into watching stuff about poker recently because I used to really be into poker years ago and, and I really enjoy watching videos about it. And some of the things that people do on there where they'll basically go as far as they can cheating without actually getting like kicked out. At least it makes sense there because usually it's for like tens or hundreds of thousands say, of that, pounds or dollars. That's for lots of money. This is like for <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing. And that's where I really don't yeah. see a point when people really go to the nth degree to win a 40k tournament or something. You sit and think, but in like six months, it won't matter at all because the game will have changed so much yeah. that it just doesn't matter. It just seems so yeah. massively pointless to me. If it's something you want to do as a as a fun thing, go out, play tournaments, maybe win, but the key aim is mostly go out, have fun, play some games and maybe win as well, that makes sense to me. But when it's just, I'm out for blood, you know, and they take the same kind of line with those kind of games as boxers do, or professional athletes, that's when it gets weird to me. I just don't see the point in that at all. Not, yeah, not that although, it's... interesting, you bring, up, you bring up boxers and professional athletes there, isn't that just the same thing but in a different game? Sort of, but there are different aspects to it. One, normally all sports right. have money involved, and pretty much yeah. all hobby stuff doesn't have any money involved. So, um, yeah. so there's that key aspect. But also, at least with boxers and professional athletes, unless you get into the whole doping side of it or really severe injury, generally being uh, like a professional athlete is good for you because it's good for your health. Okay. So there's that other aspect okay. to it as well. But, like, if it's just... What about chess? Well, I mean, chess at least has very little buy-in. And if you're good at chess now, you're probably still going to be good at chess in a year's time. 
um, if you keep playing. Whereas in 40k, yeah, yeah. it's a case of, well, that army you bought a year ago might not even exist in a year's time because GW might have just <laughs> squatted the whole thing, you know, and just gone, actually, no. Or they've just changed the rules so that oh, all those things you bought, you can't use now. Or you can't use 90% of them because it was obviously broken when you bought made that list and now they've changed it. So, But, you know, if you're good at chess, you're good at chess. Yeah, I mean, chess fascinates me. Well, I often bring up chess, don't I, when we're talking about these kind of things. Chess fascinates me because it's um, the same. It's been the same yeah. for centuries. And people still play it and love it and play it to a very, very high level, much higher level than the best Warhammer Underworlds players would ever get to with Warhammer Underworlds. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it doesn't have an evolving... You know, people don't bring out new armies for chess um, on a regular basis. Um so chess fascinates me from a gaming perspective, which perhaps we should talk about that. Have a whole podcast devoted to the difference between chess and um, and Warhammer Underworld or, or or war games. But, um, uh, yeah, but um, any non GW sort of game, I think, is inherently always going to be a better comparison because things like chess, it doesn't change. Uh, it, obviously, the meta changes over time organically, but not because uh, mm. the creators of chess brought out chess version thirty two beta where both players get three queens or something stupid like that, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it stays the same. And, and that's, again, why I, th- I like... Knights, knights can no longer jump over pieces. Exactly, you know. <laughs> you yeah, know, if you yeah. line up three pawns in a row, then they can turn into a rook or something like, you know, something stupid like that. <laughs> you know, they don't do that. And things like poker, mm. it stays the same and everybody has access to the same, you know, cards. It's that kind of thing where it becomes more about the player using what they have the same as everybody else has and yes. the rules yep. themselves don't change people if you're good at a game of chess or whatever it is like that you're always going to be good at it but 40k i mean go and find me the winner of the the you know the gt you know from 2015 or something like that do they even play the game anymore probably not you know that kind of thing well, probably still in their bedroom exactly um. <laughs> so, so that's, that's so i that's why I don't see yeah. the point in the competitive okay. side of it for me. Okay, but then similarly, I know I know the, the, the game's the same, but like for example, with very few exceptions, Olympic medal winners don't very often retain their title, and that's four years, and you no, probably would struggle to find them. No, um, but I, I I do I do see what you where you're coming from. There's no there's no there's, there's no point in being so competitive that you make yourself miserable yeah. when you don't win, or even when you do win. Or you know, or just you know, just make yourself into not a particularly nice person just for the sake of winning a trophy, whatever it is. Exactly. I, think, I have to say a lot of competitive, a lot of ultra competitive sportsmen in whatever field are quite often very driven and probably not all that nice, which is an interesting thing. But I yeah. do think that um, games require a bit of competition in order to, especially games like this, in order to make them better, and you get better games with people playing. Playing them, taking them seriously, I think. Yeah, maybe to an extent. I I don't hold that. I think I don't hold with the thought that people playing games competitively make them more balanced, um, because generally it's no, I don't think so. Because generally it's always the competitive people that are finding all the little loopholes and things to to exploit and therefore unbalancing it. Um, I guess they make it more balanced. True, that's true. I suppose all, all what happens ultimately is that then that gets all tightened up. So it makes it better for the people following in their wake. True. Um, but then they just find something else to break. But then I suspect <laughs> so, I suspect so. that casual players like you and I wouldn't give a shit 
uh, if the best army no, that's to very take true. would be we, we six would, of this model yeah. and that's it because we'd be like yeah but that sounds boring as fuck so we're going to actually play with these models yeah. because they look more cool we would never have asked Markov's reaction to be well his, his action to be changed because we knew it wasn't meant to be an infinite loop <laughs> of attacks we'd just never ask because that's clearly not how it was meant to meant to play for the new the new FAQ rather for the uh, exiled dead guy yeah um, I think Okay, so um, I'm just going to switch back over because we're getting towards the end. We've got about five minutes left. Um, and I've lost my runtime. There it is. So uh, I've general gaming news. I, this, this might interest you, but probably won't in view of the conversation we've had this evening. Uh, I've saw a whiff of a rumour on Facebook that Marvel Champions is going to be getting the, the X-Men. The card game, yeah, cool. The car game, yeah, yeah. There's an there's an event at a forthcoming card. I can't remember which con it was, but the, the you know you know you see these sort of like it's a bit like those lists you see of of um, uh, things for shops to buy, yeah, yeah. and it has stuff written on it. You know, it's one of those kind of lists, and it's called Mutant Genesis. This Ooh. event, and this this con. So there, people think the the X Men are coming, which is quite interesting. Um, Marvel Crisis Protocol's got a couple of new figures. They announced a couple of new figures this week, um, and I'd not heard of either of them. No, Black Swan. And super giants. Instead of Black Swan, that's got what's her name in it. <laughs> it has Natalie. Is it Natalie Portman? Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a guy. A guy wrote a book about Black Swans as well. I tell you what, Natalie uh, Portman. She's going to get fucked anyway. up by Wolverine. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know because she's going to be Thor, isn't she? That's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, she might be right then. That is Natalie Portman, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I get, I get. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, um, and so. Yeah, that, that, I don't particularly like either model. I don't know who either of them are. I don't think they'll be added to my roster anytime soon. They're, they're um, both characters in this, the um, in the Black Order, aren't they? Whatever that is. I I believe so. I believe so. But I don't know much about the Black so Order. So they're right Thanos. Yet, they, Thanos servants, follow, basically. Thanos around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, my, the, possibly the most mind-blowing piece of gaming news that I found out when I was doing extensive research into gaming news. Um, they're going to make a. I'm pointing in an aggressive manner. Um, they are going to make an exploding kittens movie. Oh my god! <laughs> don't get me wrong. I freaking love exploding kittens, but that I don't. I can't understand. I, mean, I guess it's going to be the same kind of thing as when they did an Angry Birds movie. It's going to be probably yeah yeah yeah. Nothing to do with the game at all. No, really. basically, it's going to have <laughs> just the occasional cat exploding. Have, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not even like. Exploding Kittens has characters. It's just random nonsense around stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I, can't, yeah. I can't see how it's going to work. Uh, yeah. There's also going to be a D&D movie, I didn't realise, I also found out, but that wasn't particularly news. It's been, that was announced a long time ago, but I hadn't realised it was going to be a, doing a new D&D movie. I mean, it's got to be um, better than the last... D&D hugely popular. The last D&D movie, didn't yeah, that have Jeremy Irons in it yeah. or something? Was that like... It did, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was quite bad. Yeah. It should be... It should be it should be huge, really. Everybody's into critical role and such like. I guess, though, with things like D&D movies, it's just another fantasy movie, isn't it? It's just... Yeah. There's nothing about yeah. it that's going to make it fundamentally D&D <laughs> in the movie. Uh, just the setting, I think. I think it's going to be set in the Forgotten Realms right. setting. So, so that kind of thing. Like, I guess if you made Curse of Strahd the movie... Um, people would be going... Diaries or people would be going, that's Dracula. They've just done a film about Dracula. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they have people actually rolling. Oh, I've rolled, I've rolled a twenty. You're dead. <laughs> There'll be yeah. a character who gets stabbed in a pivotal fight scene, and the healer will run over and he'll go, "Save me!" And they go, 
Ah, oh, roll a one. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe next, maybe next week we should, or maybe not next week, but in a future podcast we should do a movies that could be turned into games, or games that could be turned into movies. Either we could do either. I reckon Jumanji would be pretty good. It would like, um, um, be like Predator <laughs> if it were a game, and they fail their conceal roll. They'd be like, I can fucking see him. <laughs> there we go, he's dead. Job done. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, you got you rolled a one. <laughs> fumbled, fumbled uh, four out of the tree <laughs> and switched the camouflage off. <laughs> I'm gonna hang their skulls uh, in a tree. Fantastic. Uh, roll dexterity one. Uh, you fall to your death. Just them going through <laughs> the jungle. They just find a dead predator. They'll be like, "What the fuck killed this? Whatever killed this has got to be fucking scary." I'll tell you. <laughs> Fantastic. That seems like a really good place to finish. That we're going to have to. People at home listening to this, do let us know your your best movie slash game role play splicing of, of yeah, what could happen. Absolutely. I think I might have to go through my game cupboard and see what I could bring out, and we could do a movie pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so, a bit like, uh, a bit yeah, like so Princess Bride, where where people could be playing a role playing game, and it just keeps cutting to like the setting like in princess bride but then just have like the, the mm. stupid dice rolls and stuff like that in there every now and then as well or, like, <laughs> or the really bad charisma rolls where you know one of the characters tries to to threaten yeah. somebody and it just plays out really badly or something like that. that'd be brilliant i'd love that <laughs> and they could like and, and gradually the characters could know that was happening the characters who were in the in the game so they could like they would the person who knew they become self-aware be you Controlled by you, thinking, "Oh God, he's going to make another dice roll, <laughs> and I want a tightrope." They could be, they could be <laughs> across molten lava. They could be like all of them, like in a room, and the thief's just like, "I found a trap. I just need to disarm." And they're all just looking at each other, like, "Oh shit, he can't roll above a five. <laughs> Brilliant. There we go. Yeah. That, so that we just come up with yeah, a new film. Thank you very much. So that's a new movie pitch for us yeah. to take to Hollywood with us. Yeah. 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 What we call it? I have no uh, idea. I don't know. Critical role? Oh, no. Oh, damn. Um, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dungeon? No, okay. Oh, no. damn. But yes, that's our new brilliant movie idea, yeah. <laughs> right, well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. It's reaching 11 o'clock here. It's time for us to finish. Um, if you have listened to on the podcast, um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, do comment wherever you can on that. I don't know where you know where you can comment on podcasts, but uh, or do come and find us on Facebook. Uh, all that stuff will be in the outro if you didn't already learn it in the intro, where you can find us. And there's stuff in the um, description as yep. well, uh, where you can find us. Do come and say hello. Uh, we want as many people to listen to us as possible or who can stand it. Um, and um, yeah, thanks for listening and thanks for watching. Uh, how many people have we got on tonight, Pete? Is it like three? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's good. Thanks for all three of you for sticking around. Yes. And next time we'll advertise it a little bit better. Maybe we'll get a little bit more dynamic commenting going on. Yes. Um, and uh, have we got any more? Have we got any comments or is it all? Mr. Morph has been chiming in along as we've been chatting along. Uh, okay. But he's mostly been either agreeing right. with us or calling players that play the game uh, overly competitively Tories and <laughs> various other uh, <laughs> phrases as such like that. But um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, lovely. Well, thanks for watching, Morph, and uh, thanks for watching everybody else. Um, and thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you soon on the Agents of Sigmar. Bye. Thanks for listening. We do hope you enjoyed the show. 
We'd like to put a special thank you out there to all our Patreon supporters for making this possible. If you do want to help support us further, please check us out on Patreon. All money plays go straight back into making more of this content. Also, don't forget you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find links in the show notes. We'll see you soon. Bye!